0: I ai 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 ai
1: Welcome back to a second series of little insights. Uh it's been a little bit of a while in the pipeline. Um but yeah, nice to see you all. Hey, how
0: have you been Adam and Ross? <laughs> yeah,
2: good, thanks. Yeah, same. Good. Obviously we're meant to be back in October, it's now December, but uh
0: Yeah. Blame COVID for that. Ah,
2: good
1: it is, good it is. all the lads being back
0: together though, don't you think?
2: Lads, lads,
1: lads. That's oh, so cring. <laughs> but you may, you may pick up there that there is an additional member to the team now. So I'd like to welcome Susie. Susie, welcome along.
3: Sorry, lads, lads, lads. <laughs> but, um, yeah, hopefully...
1: Uh... Hopefully you learned
2: some lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, clearly I'm not good at this. It's,
2: uh, so it's one take, by the way. We're not. Oh, oh God. Good.
3: Okay. Always. Well, I, I'm still learning, so it's all right. Um, so I'll introduce myself. I'm Susie, and I am a lead practitioner for science. And hopefully, uh, we'll get some views up.
1: <laughs> you bring a bit of balance to the team. Yeah, that's yeah. the most important thing. So, what we're going to try and do to, to, to today and, and in this session is actually start to think about little things that might help in teaching. And one of the feedback was actually to make something a bit more specific. So, we're going to we're going to look at Rose and shines and try and unpick some of these ideas. And uh, I'm going to actually kickstart the series and kickstart the first episode by giving you a quote. Um, and it goes from the film Groundhog Day, which was uh, back in 1993. Uh, And uh, Bill Murray goes to the landlady at the time and says, do you ever have deja vu, Mrs Lancaster? To which Mrs Lancaster replies, I don't think so, but I could check in the kitchen now. Uh, That's obviously a reference to the fact that um, she's uh, unable to cook deja vu, which she thinks is a dish. But I think deja vu kind of refers back to that idea of remembering and retention. And one of the facts we're going to start with today is actually that uh, visuals should not merely be decorative, but actually they bring essential information to the fore and research suggests the more simple a visual model can be the easier it is to retain in terms of memory and actually transfer it when it comes to practice and that came from a cognitive research paper back in 2010 what do you think
2: ties in with uh, rose shines definitely yeah uh obviously that kind of cognitive overload what do you think adam
0: yeah no i'd agree I, i'm gonna link it to geography but it's. If you're thinking of kind of cognitive overload, if you have a really complicated kind of diagram, being able to actually use your own kind of prior knowledge and knowledge to kind of access and break it down, it's just gonna overwhelm you, isn't it? So almost kind of scaffolding mm-hmm. up to a complicated diagram if you need to say like atmospheric circulation, I can see how that would be more effective.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think about it as well. I think about actual visuals within within a classroom setting. And sometimes, you know, when when I go into other people's lessons or even think about my own lessons, I think sometimes, like you know, your PowerPoints can become overloaded with too much visual in them and too much information. And some of the best presentations you see are when actually the information is really simple. Perhaps the text is really simple, not overloaded or bombarded with color, not too much information, not too much kind of pictorial diagrams. How would you do that in science, Susie? Um, Yeah, I
3: would definitely agree. Uh, from even from year seven all the way up until year 13 when we're teaching for example biology kids are learning about animal and plant cells and when we introduce that concept it's a very visual thing and they are learning it's a simple diagram to start with it's only a few structures but as they got, progress through their uh, through the school they learn the, the diagram becomes more complex because they've got a foundation of knowledge already there so i think yeah definitely uh, simple drawings do help retain that information and it helps them to build on top uh, of that as well.
2: Yeah. I think and I echo what Adam said with the geography as well, I certainly wouldn't start by going, this is what it's going to look like at the end because yeah. that just kind of switches a lot of people off. It's like, yeah. actually that's straight away, that's overload of information. Just start simple and slowly build up. I what you said about the global atmospheric circulation is there's so many oh. different layers
1: it's, no, it's an exciting thing.
2: <laughs> so many different layers that you teach through Key Stage 3 before you ever get to that. Yeah. What about art, Ben?
1: It's sim- simple is better? Sometimes, yeah, I think so. I, I, I think I'm simple, therefore I'm, I'm better. Um, <laughs> they, they, they do say that a well-designed visual actually will help construct m- memories that will last longer and stick in that long-term storage memory. I mean, from my perspective, I think, I think actually... Yeah, when I think about our teaching practice as well, how how quick and easy is it sometimes to just get the first image that appears in Google when you're trying to sort of show a picture or show a diagram that's linked to your subject? And actually, you know, does it does it resonate with the pupils? Does it kind of sit with them? Um, And I think there's a lot of things that can be learned from art in terms of kind of like breaking things down, in terms of simplifying things, in terms of making things less convoluted and busy.
3: Yeah, I would I would agree. I think um, just taking away, just putting aside the picture even when we're trying to get the students to memorize a lot of information, just having maybe five points, just five bullet points for them to visualize, okay, these are just five points you need to remember. And then f- just for them to then take that away. Okay, it's just five points. As long as I remember these five things, then that's fine. I will be able to you know, produce that whole yeah. uh, information.
2: That kind of builds into working memory, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. So you can only retain certain Parts of the memory. thought was good here, Ben, with what you've written, uh, was that Swellers research. You've said that well designed visuals. So that's yeah. kind of probably the important thing there you said that not just grabbing anything from Google or you've seen something somewhere else, actually really being very thoughtful about how it is you display your image.
0: Yeah. It was interesting because you both kind of, Ben and Roger, both mentioned now, kind of we keep kind of almost talking about how we almost present our information in the lesson. And that's kind of why I've started thinking about. And, you know, is it coming back to your point about our PowerPoints, for example, you know, it could be really cluttered. And Actually, do we even think about how those are laid out? And, you know, is it could be a minute, like even looking at kind of font size? And, you know, is that consistent, colors consistent, that sort of thing? Would that help? I don't know.
1: Do you need a PowerPoint?
0: <laughs> no. And, yeah, that's another yeah. question. It's going, it's... Back,
1: going back to series one, just lavender, the just smell of lavender, lavender. infused the classroom. Wasn't that a rosemary?
0: Nice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <be>, oh <laughs> way to start off again Yeah, yeah um, talking about yeah. memory and retention <laughs> There's a fever
2: um,
1: It's because you've been using lavender Yeah, it? exactly yeah. Not, not, not having any impact at all Smell good though yeah. it's it's flesh, yeah. Doesn't
3: lavender
2: help you go to sleep? Yeah, I was just going to say We're good for sleep
1: Yeah. We could just stop at this point and just re-launch <laughs> The first yeah, episode yeah. Someone, yeah. Reuse yeah. some
2: material um, who are you interviewing later on, Ben?
1: Uh, I'm interviewing a young lady called Victoria, uh, and she's going to be talking all about what it's like to go off on maternity leave and the sort of challenges around that, and the challenges around flexible working and, and, and missing out on being in the workplace, and especially so in the COVID world.
2: Okay, well, we look forward to hearing that. <laughs>
1: Okay, this is the part of the show where we read the messages from all you listeners. I'm just going to pull it. Oh, what the! Not a single message. Who's in charge of the socials?
2: Susie. Who was? It? Oh. oh, Susie wasn't here. Season
1: one. Yeah. Don't like try it, one <laughs> job <laughs> to do. I don't know. Right. So we're going to so try right. and relaunch our socials. I think. I think we're going to put on someone who's a bit better. Susie. So Adam out. Out. Susie. Bide. In
3: um well yeah fair. yeah i mean it can't well you young
1: worse, right so <laughs> i made reference yet. to Grand up day in 1993 you tell me that you were only just born then so i'm like feeling very very old yes i'm feeling very very old but you're young and, and hip and trendy, how, are you, really? uh, how are your social skills i
3: think the, well, better than everyone here I would yes. assume. <laughs> but. Yeah,
1: that's, that's a given. Right. So, this is the part in <laughs> the show then when you give us some messages. So, really following on from what we've just been talking about, have you got any feedback or ideas, any suggestions around how you can make that kind of cognitive uh, process sim- simplified with your visuals? Okay. <laughs> Hello, all, and welcome to the the part of the podcast where we get a little insight from a a little guest. I'm really pleased to be joined by uh, a dear friend and a a past colleague, uh, Victoria. How are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you very much.
4: Thank you for having me on your
1: podcast. It's a pleasure. Pleasure. So, full disclosure, um, I was under Vic for for two years, um, and now she's returning from maternity. So, um, hopefully, those two aren't linked. But what we're going to do is try and probe a little deeper into the psyche. of being a mother uh, and a teacher and also um, a senior leader as well because you're a vice principal, obviously. So um I but, am. But first, let's get let's get a little deeper into that psyche and that mentality. So you're a, you're a 90s girl, aren't you, really? I suppose you were growing up in the 90s. Spice Girls or All Saints? In, uh, oh,
4: spice Girls, always Spice Girls.
1: Always Spice Girls. Did you have a particular favourite Spice Girl? Posh, always. Posh, always. Okay, I like <laughs> your style. Okay, brilliant. That's good, good, good. Okay, so we're gonna we're just gonna fire away a few of our new episode uh, quick fire questions. So just straight away, first thing that comes into your head, parents or open evening? Parents evening or open evening? The
4: open evening. I love I love a bit of sales. I love a bit of spiel.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Okay. <laughs> dinner. So dinner date, but not necessarily as in a date, but dinner with the head or dinner with an NQT? NQT. NQT. Okay. Right. This is more topical, I suppose. This is more current. Home learning or actually in the classroom? Learning in the classroom or home learning?
4: In the classroom.
1: In the classroom. Okay. Brilliant. And and have you ever experienced the power of the big crystal? No, I haven't. I would like to, but I have not as yet. Okay. Well, I'll make sure we can fix that for you as soon as we possibly can once we get this sponsorship deal underway and, and the last the quick quick fire is would you prefer to be marking 30 books or take an irate parent phone call? Phone
4: call.
1: Take the phone call. I don't mind I
4: don't mind an irate phone
1: call. I'm I'm good with an irate phone call. A phone call. Right, okay, nice, good. Okay, well hopefully that gives us a little insight into Vic. Um so um I think what we want to do is try and unpick un- un- a bit of sort-, sort of like your your sort of story around bits and pieces and I think first of all congratulations on your your newborn son Thank uh, you. uh, so how, how has that been how's life been in, in regards to
4: that? Uh, so not as I planned it, not as I planned it, I think in my mind I had visions of sunny walks along rivers Uh, maternity classes, baby sensory, baby yoga, baby massage, all these sorts of weird and wonderful classes that you go to. And of course, I had little William um, at the beginning of March and all of a sudden the world was turned upside down. And I was sort of pretty much thrown into the world of being on my own, really. And I think for me, All of those ideas and ideologies of how I perceived maternity to be, in a way, were sort of taken away from me a little bit because I felt like I'd almost been cheated out of a a real maternity because all of that was sort of taken away. And I think like us all as educators, we we love to learn and we love to see others learning. And I think for me, the biggest thing was almost sort of being thrown into a world where you were pretty much sort of left to sink or swim. However, having said that, it did allow um, Adam, my husband, to have pretty much a kind of three month paternity leave where we could really, really bond as a family. And I think for me, one of the most precious things to come out of this maternity leave, more than any other, was the fact that I was able to spend such quality time with William and with Adam and just really bonding as a family and I think looking back I was really, really lucky to have that time with them because although we weren't able to go to the classes and meet other people and spend time with family and friends, what we were able to do was really, really learn to live as a little family and as a little family unit. And just learn a little bit more about each other and find out how each other ticked and find out how William's world could fit into ours and I think for me it's actually been a really precious maternity because I think we've built something together that not everybody would have had in a more sort of traditional setting and I think also for me it's been a time of reconnection reconnecting with my family, reconnecting with sort of loved ones as we started to come out of lockdown. And all this sort of idea of awe and wonder and appreciating the world and appreciating, appreciating the sights and sounds of the world, it's really allowed me to stop and think and stop and listen and stop and see. And I know we talk a lot about well-being and mental health, but actually it's been really good to stop and appreciate things even things like the bird singing even things like wildlife it's just able a a time where we've been able to stop and appreciate all of those little things that i think we would have taken for granted so it has been a really joyous time a strange time like it has been for everybody but a real time of appreciation
1: yeah i think that's probably echoed with a a lot of people out there as well so in terms of in terms of your position now you're you're sort of having you talk about kit days and and returning to work Mm. How, how, how do you find just maybe both from your own experience and just generally the wider Wider community of teachers. How do you find that schools support um, parents in that in that journey in that passage of both the maternity, the paternity leaves, and also returning back to work? I
4: think I think schools probably cope a little bit better in these sorts of situations. I think because they generally tend to be larger establishments with a lot of females working within them. I think the idea of kit days and for us having 10 kit days works really well in terms of the fact that I've been able to almost design those kit days myself and I think what I've really appreciated and what I didn't know about kit days before was the fact that it's very much sort of your agenda and you are able to almost mould the day to sort of suit your needs. And I think what's been really helpful for me is the ability to be able to sort of say, this is what I want to come out of this particular keep in touch day. This is what I want to achieve. And I think what potentially other industries could learn from our world is sort of... Keeping that communication and that dialogue open and allowing the person that's returning from maternity to almost, as I say, mould those days to almost fit their agenda because there is a sense of nervousness, there is a sense of intrepidation and anxiety when you go back because you've almost sort of had that sense of disconnection from something that you love. And I think any teacher that goes into that world and is within the education sector is is really, really immersed in everything to do with education, whether it's to do with sort of being in the classroom, being a part of the extracurricular world that those students are involved in. And I think you're so much immersed in those kids' lives that to be sort of taken out of that loop, you feel that almost sense of disconnection and you want to be a part of their world, but you're not in it day to day. So it's almost sort of stepping really slowly back into that world where the kids need to trust you again and they get Need to get to know you almost again, and they need to almost build up that relationship that we all remember as being NQTs or RQTs, where you get thrust into the limelight and you almost need to build the trust and respect of those kids again. I kind of get the sense that that's something that you have to build alongside going in. So I think, first and foremost, being able to shape and mould the day and the experience that you want to have, and I think you only get that from communicating with the people that are able to design that day and those days for you. And secondly, I don't think you are sort of, I suppose prepared for the idea that you almost have to go in again and start rebuilding some of those connections again. Yeah. So I think that's that's for me something that I suppose is a maybe a bit of advice, but also something that I wasn't necessarily prepared for.
1: Yeah. No, that's again, 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 really interesting. I think you've been sort of really reflective on some of the sort of things that have been going on, especially some of the stuff that's quite topical. Um, what do you see as sort of the future in our profession? What do you see as things that we possibly learn from the current climate, the current situation and how things might change? Do you see that the future changing dramatically in teaching?
4: as as part of the sort of education world. I think what we need to do is really look at ways that we can use the digital knowledge that we've built over the last few weeks and few months. And obviously that digital knowledge and the tools and the platforms that that we've been using, I think we need to really consider ways in which we can embrace that in order to move education and our profession forwards and I think we've always been a profession that almost is a little bit on the back burner and has the back seat in in the ways of ICT in the ways of IT in the ways this digital platforms move forwards and I think what we need to do is think really carefully as probably other industries do and are doing and think very carefully about how we can use that to our advantage, and whether or not we can potentially invest time, money, support in different ways of making that happen. And I suppose being on maternity, that's something that I felt has been a little bit strange because obviously there are meetings, and there are conferences, and there are CPD opportunities that are going on via Zoom, via Teams, and I think it's It should be a time where we all stop and think about how we can use that as best practice, as probably a lot of industries are doing. So I think that's probably the biggest thing that I would say.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. It's that that having that kind of flexible approach now, isn't it? And knowing that we can be really flexible. Yeah. Yeah absolutely. Brill, okay, so what would be your one piece of sort of takeaway advice to anyone either getting into the profession or anyone wanting to perhaps get into leadership or senior leadership? What would be your one sort of go-to piece of advice?
4: I think the ability to keep learning and the ability to take risks, I think, are probably the most important qualities for a leader because I think when you get to a certain position in a school, particularly if you join a new school from another school, there's almost an expectation that you have all of the answers. And there's almost an expectation that you are an expert in your field. And I think only you know how much of an expert you are in that world. And people will come to you with questions and people will come to you for advice, whether or not you've got the answers or not. And I think, Something that I think is really important to do and to learn to do is to be able to say I'm going to stick a pin in that, I'm going to come back to you with that and also just have that secure knowledge and confidence in yourself to know and to say I need to learn more about that, I need to find out about that and also I think to take risks and I think potentially that more that piece of advice more for females than males potentially because i think they do possibly suffer that imposter syndrome a little bit more than men but just that idea
1: of learning and taking risks i think are two important tips for me yeah absolutely i like that rather well, than just blagging it like i do i guess then <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I was going to say? <laughs> uh, <laughs> brilliant. Well, that's been great. I'm I'm really pleased to have uh, had you on the show. That's been absolutely fantastic, and I, I want to thank you for your insight into those uh, into those areas. And hopefully, hopefully, the people listening uh, are taking something away with regards to that. So, Vic, thank you ever so much for being on Little insight
4: My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you very much
1: for having me. Absolutely. And you and your family stay safe and happy and wealthy and healthy and all that. And yourself. Take care. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Oh
1: okay so the final part of the show uh, is really about something that we can take away or something that we can give to you to take away Uh, so when we think about the first part of the show we were thinking about that cognitive overload and the fact that Too much information, especially in pictorial form or in the diagrammatic form can be too much. So one of the tips would say is don't put more than five bits of information on any kind of PowerPoint slide. Keep it really simple. Keep it straightforward. And like shines, new bits of information in small chunks. So five bits of information at the most on any one slide. And then thinking about our conversation with Victoria, um, flexibility in the workplace. This is maybe something maybe senior leaders need to have a think about, how they can be more flexible, how they can provide better staff well-being in terms of work-life balance. So uh, having that discussion around ways in which working hours can be made. Thank you very much.